0: I've tried, 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 and i am tried
1: What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, aka The Booch, and welcome to the recap. Of AEW And ladies and gentlemen This is going to be an interesting AEW episode Because for the first time in a I think in a very very long time on AEW We're not going to be so cynical about this fucking show We actually actually enjoyed ourselves But of course ladies and gentlemen Joining me for this uh, AEW recap He's been woken Yep, He's been broken Absolutely. And now he's just broke Ladies and gentlemen please welcome to the Bootscast The one, the only, the broke soulless ginger Mr. Zach Scott
2: What's up, dude and dudes? Yes, it's me, the Broke Soul Ginger Zach Scott. Genially speaking, I'm um, not that broke yet. Hopefully not anytime soon. But anyways, I would have to say this card was a hell of a lot motherfucking better than last week. What do you say then, Mr. Because Yes, uh,
1: this was a very, very good card. Very interesting shit went down. Uh, it's a oh, star-studded yeah, epic yeah, it was a star studded episode here, and of course, kick things off. Commentary as always the legendary Tony Schiavone, the Hall of Famer Jim Ross, and the racist Excalibur. And we kick things off with our first official match of the evening a quarterfinal match in the Owen Hart Foundation tournament Adam Cole, Bay Pussy versus Dax Harwood.
2: I thought this right here was actually really, really good for an opening match, even though it's Dax Hartwood and Adam Cole, <sighs> Bay Benny, these are my respect back. Not the point. But I thought this was actually a good opening match. We already medically know that Adam Cole was going to win, but Dax Hartwood put up a good fight. It was amazing at that one last second he managed to get back in the ring. But the way Adam Cole won was not By last call, it was by a sharpshooter At least Dax Hartwood didn't pass out Benny, go ahead. (laughs)
1: That's true Uh, Instead he (laughs) tapped out uh, And I gotta say, great wrestling at the Start, you know, Adam Cole is Finally being forced to Be the Adam Cole that we all know Him to be in NXT And that's what I love most about this He's not trying to be the, uh, you know the, The goofball dumbass Who was wrestling cream puffs and Barely trying in the ring, because you're in the ring with FTR. They don't fuck around. They don't play the fucking. They don't play the carny, goofy comedy bullshit. Okay, you, you're in there. You get. You're in there. You get two choices. You either get killed or you do a comedy match. And they don't do comedy. So
2: guess what's left? No, fuck down. Fuck down. FTR to be best tag team in AEW right now. Yes. In the world. Absolutely.
1: So, basically, ass-kicking match. Great opener. Uh, Adam Cole winning with the sharpshooter. And I got to talk about this real quick before we jump through. And I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but I don't give a fuck. I tell the truth on this show.
2: Oh, don't. What are you going to say now?
1: Did you notice throughout the night, whenever they brought up the Owen Hart tournament,
2: they cut to Martha Hart in the stands? Oh, God. Oh, hey. for Hey, uno momento, sir. You forgot something. What's that? It's Dr. Martha Hart huh it's doctor doctor not a doctor you It said dr martha hart unless i was completely sober when i saw that i promise you what
1: the fuck let me let me Martha's, martha hart's not a doctor i saw a doctor i didn't see any doctor hold on
2: i did please a, hold let to prove you wrong again hold on. On she's a
1: canadian philanthropist and researcher uh after her husband's death uh she later wrote a best-selling book about her husband Found a and his name, has been an Image he has worked as a philanthropist and a researcher.
2: Arthur Hart, PhD. Ding 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 okay, ding. Okay, so
1: yeah. Okay, so she does have a PhD. All right, but I didn't hear any doctor about that whole.
2: Uh, th- no, 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 no. It was doctor. It was in her like it, introducing. You know how when the wrestlers show up, they show up their name on the subtitles. Yeah,
1: I didn't they see a dark. doctor on
2: there. I did.
1: I must not have been paying attention. Anyway, I noticed you on there be. Martha Hart. They were, they were, they were showing her throughout the night. And here, here's why. I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna get a lot of heat for this, you could tell on her face she is not a wrestling fan. Well, duh. She's not here. I Here's the thing that bothers me about this is the only reason she's even agreeing to do this, mm-hmm. it, this is nothing more than her giving a big fuck you to Vince McMahon. That's all this is. This has nothing to do with her husband. There's has nothing to do with her charity. She just wants to tell Vince McMahon, go fuck yourself, because she knows... That Vince wants to put Owen in the Hall of Fame and actually puts out a DVD, wanted to put out a DVD or did put out a DVD about the best of Owen Hart, and she does not want Owen's name even mentioned in WWE. She's one of those people. She's one of the people that's like, keep my husband's name out your fucking mouth, you know. The, Sign up. She's the original Will Smith.
2: <laughs> but uh, can I say something? Go ahead. All right, I'm gonna bring even more heat. May I? Go ahead. All right, look. But the Owen Hart thing that happened how many years ago? What, about 25 years ago or something like that? It was like 1999. Alright, look. If I was Owen Hart today and he said, we want you to do that i would say no okay look dr martha hart is wwe's fault but it just as your husband's fault because he fucking agreed to do it did he not he agreed
1: i mean that's how it goes but everybody but of course vince has to be the villain all the time i'm just saying this is a woman who has gone on record saying she doesn't give a shit about wrestling
2: she doesn't she's trying to make it look good
1: this is this is this all she's doing is giving a fuck you to vince that's all this that's all this is. That's yeah, why I can't take yeah, this tournament is. seriously.
2: Yeah, I can't take it's one of his kids maybe, but even like, then I wouldn't take it long. seriously cuz
1: the kids don't want the kids agree with the mom. They they everybody in that everybody on that side of the family hates wrestling. The Hart family obviously doesn't, but Martha and the kids hate wrestling. They blame wrestling and they even said we wish our dad was never a wrestler cuz he'd still be alive today. They hate wrestling. So, this whole thing is nothing more than Martha wanting to give a middle finger to vince mcmahon that's all this tournament is and that's why i don't really take it seriously i enjoy the matches but i don't take the cons of this tournament seriously they're promoting the charity because i know wrestling fans are going to be the primary fan base whether martha likes it or not but if she's going to have to pick a wrestling company she's going to pick the one that's competing against vince so she can give vince a middle finger without actually having to lift her hand that's all this is
2: Okay, moving
1: on. Moving on. Then we cut to Darby Allin and Jeff Hardy, who are previewing their main event match. Darby Allin vows to go all out and says he asked Tony Khan to waive the rules so they can be psychotic. <sighs>
2: um, I don't want this to be the main event, but it is. I don't care. It's going to be a circus act because that's what Darby Allin is. Jeff Hardy is better. I was bored. Moving on.
1: Here's the thing. As soon as I saw this promo, I already knew I wasn't going to like the main event. I mean, I—I as soon as I heard this match, I'm like, okay, this is crazy. But it's like, oh, we're going to go all out. Yep, I already don't like what I'm about to see. Next, we cut to uh, AEW World Champion Hangman Page joins the commentary team for the next bout. And then we move on to our next match of the evening. We got
2: CM Punk. Versus John Silver. To tell you the truth, actually, guys, it wasn't that bad. It was back and forth. It was good. John Silver put up a good fight. CM Punk put up a good fight. But what was fucking hilarious is the way CM Punk went with a bug shot at Lariat. He stole uh, a Heyman Adams Page finisher, and that was a statement, did he?
1: Oh yes. I mean that is that is literally <laughs> how you send a message. Not only did he send the message, he won the match
2: with the move. I mean, yeah, I saw that too. And and after that then uh that Abbane came down there all pissy and everything else and see like, how was that? Did you like that? Did you like that? Did you like that right there? I was like, oh boy.
1: Yeah, uh, overall, you know, I was impressed Because, you know, usually when John Silver's in a match Because here's the thing I've seen John Silver in some indies matches on YouTube I remember when Elvis was trying to educate me on some of these guys We saw some John Silver bouts And John's actually a really good worker The problem is, he's been locked in this comedy gimmick So he hasn't been able to really show off the wrestling He's done more of the goofball shit What's great about CM Punk is Again, he's another one of those guys that's like, I don't do this comedy shit. You're going to wrestle if you're in a ring with me. He And that's what Punk does, and that's why he's vital to AEW's success. Because he brings this, that, that he forces you to wrestle. He forces you to work. He forces you to get rid of all the bullshit that you're trying to do that's not going to get you over, except with a bunch of virgins in the crowd. He gets you to actually <laughs> work a Fucking match And showing If you're as good As you say you are Punk's gonna make you better Punk is amazing At that Like I said He is succeeding Where Jericho failed And that is To get these people To kick To get To to bring To step up their fucking game because that's what it means when guys like Punk and Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland and Malachi Black and all these ex-WWE guys that are coming in it is forcing all these indie jackoffs who only got contracts because they stroke off the elite and let them bukaki all over their fat fucking faces to have a contract in this company to now you are now forced to actually fucking draw money and if you can't draw money if you can't work solid matchup Guess what? You're going back to the indies where you belong. You're going back to the bingo halls and the rec centers and the middle and high school gyms that you crawled out of. You're being sent right back down there because that's where your ass belong. If you can't rise to the top, you don't fucking belong. And that's the harsh reality of the wrestling business. So welcome to the big leagues. Children. So I love this fucking match. And then Hangman gets in Punk's face with the bout. Punk wonders if Hangman is mad as he has taken this feud personally. He says it's just business and calls what he did to Silver a blueprint for what he'll do to him. Punk tells Hangman that whether he's conscious or not, he will shake his hand at Double or Nothing. He goes for a handshake. Page flips him off. Mouths the words, fuck you, and leaves. It's not personal.
2: Oh, my God. This is, this is so good. Brilliant. And you're basically right. Every time somebody steps into the ring with Punk, they say, like, you need to bring us. See what you got. Bring your A game. Even though they do this spot monkey bullshit. But I thought this was really good. Anyways, good rant. I shut up. Sorry for being squirrely. Moving on. Yes. So
1: we got that under control. It's going to be a solid main event. And then we move on. We cut backstage to uh, the real doctor around here, Britt Baker. And uh, Jamie Hader, who discussed the <laughs> Owen Hart Foundation Tournament, Baker says she doesn't care who the Joker is, as she'll beat them. She expresses her confidence that Hader will beat Tony Storm tonight. Hader dodges the question about potentially facing Baker in the next round. The former AW Women's Champion says, "The better woman."
2: Uh, I didn't really want to see this, but I watched it like I'm supposed to. Let's see who the best woman wins.
1: Here's the most intriguing thing and I about each of the tournaments, the men and the women,
2: there's a Joker in the
1: round. Now, the Joker is obviously, for, for anybody that's new to AEW, that's like the wild card. And usually when there's a wild card, one of two things going to happen. Either A, someone who's been out of action for a long time, like on the injured list or whatever, is going to make a return. Or two, someone is going to debut in AEW. The question is could there be somebody who's been released from WWE whose non compete clause has finally expired that could be coming into the fray?
2: Well, uh, all top can tell.
1: I mean, that's because here's, I mean, because I'm going to say this because uh, I can't remember what her name is right now in the Indies. But I saw her at WrestleCon, and I saw a recent interview she did with Chris Van Vliet, or at least I've seen YouTube clips of it. And I got a strange feeling
2: it's going to be Ember Moon. <laughs> that happens. I'm going to lie. I god it's going to be I mean epic.
1: I think she's got a different name now. Obviously, she's got a different name. She can't be Ember Moon. That's a WWE trademark name. But I got a good feeling somehow it could be her. I can't think of any other top females who got eliminated. Or there's another possibility I'm just now thinking about. Maybe Dakota Kai, mm-hmm. could be. I don't know. Possibility. I'm uh, just no. saying. Possibility. There's, I'm just saying. There's some women. There's some women out there that uh, Tony Khan might scoop up and bring into the fray because uh, that's usually what that Joker means. That means there's a debut coming. Someone's coming in. I just hope it's not somebody from the Kenny Beta Japanese stable. I'm done with that shit. But anyway, on that note, unless uh, no, no. Zach, you have anything to add?
2: No, I do not.
1: Okay, then we are moving on to the next match of the evening. If we want to call, call we've got, (laughs) oh yeah, Zach's laughing because he knows where we're about to fucking go. We have Dan Housen versus Tony Neese with smart Mark Sterling.
2: (laughs) Oh boy. Um,. (laughs) Okay, um, I'm going to let them take over, but I want to say something short and sweet, and I want to turn out the phone while I go uh, get something out of my room, and it's this. uh, This was not supposed to happen, so A.W., may God have mercy on yourself. Vinny, I'm going to go silent for a little while, but I know the cue, so have fun. All right.
1: Okay. Um. You know what? I'm so pissed about this. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to bring somebody else on here to talk about this. I'm going to leave too. Hello. Hello. There's Dan Housen here. Very nice. Very evil. Very famous. Very elite. Very pissed off. Not very happy. But this, uh, stupid debut I had on the, uh, the Dynamite, I came out to the fans, the Dan, the Housens going crazy, I get in the ring with Tony Nieshausen and the, uh, the Smart Mark Sterlinghausen and, uh, I get, uh, there's a distraction from the Sterlinghausen who helps, uh, the Nieshausen get the upper hand and he blasts Dan Housen with a knee strike for the win and it lasts about 10 seconds, so, uh, I like to say, uh, that was not, that was not nice, but it was very really evil. And I want to say, may may Tony Nese, Smart Mark Sterling, and Tony Khan forever be cursed. You cursed my Danhausen. You ruined my debut on AEW. You made the crowd go crazy. Everybody pissed off. Everybody angry. Very bad. Very nice. Very evil. It is bullshit. That's how mad I am. Danhausen don't even like to swear. I'm against this swearing. Now I have to go sit in catering with the Ash Boys. May your enemies forever be cursed. Now I have to go sit in the back and listen to people whine and complain about not getting TV time. The only good, the only good thing that came out of this is Danhausen still made his monies. But uh, right now, I'm going to uh, turn this over to uh, Boochhausen. Hopefully, the uh, the Gingerhausen, uh, he'll he'll show back up soon. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't take too much time, and hopefully, he won't interrupt Boochhausen. If you interrupt Boochhausen, you will be cursed. All right, Danhausen just took off. He seems to be a little upset there. Uh, but yeah, ten seconds.
0: Ten fucking seconds. Are you shitting me?
1: People are literally. Here's
0: the thing! There are wrestling purists out there! Who loved Danhausen?
1: Elvis is the one who got me hooked on Danhausen in the first fucking place. I first saw this guy and went, "Who the fuck is this idiot?" And I thought he was an idiot when I first saw him. Until I saw how amazing he was in the wrestling ring. And literally, my only my only complaint about him is that I feel like he moves his pacing's not as good. It always seems like anytime he does a high spot, he 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 takes too long to get to the point, so his pacing's not as good. But as far as his in ring work, his psychology, and his and everything else is great. He just needs to work on the pacing a little bit more and get more fluent, and he'll be fucking amazing. But literally, fans have been going crazy. Everybody loves Dan Housen. You're ready to debut him at a goddamn wrestling ring, and you make it last 10 fucking seconds. I mean, for Christ's sake, I've seen people who should lose in 10 seconds go 15, 20 minutes. Seriously. The one time you guys want to do a fucking squash match, you choose Danhausen. That's the guy you want to bury? For fuck's sake. You know what should have been a squash match? Keith Lee versus Isaiah fucking Cassidy. That match lasted five minutes, which is five minutes longer than it should take for Keith Lee to beat a piece of crap like Isaiah Cassidy. You finally get Dan Housen in a ring. You finally get the most interesting person in the wrestling business right now. Literally, a guy who trends, who people love, who your AEW core fan base can't stop drooling over. And you make the match last 10 seconds. Tony Khan should be brought alive and have his fat soul for soap for creating such an abomination. Are you. What kind of fucking idea was this? You know what? I believe it's gotta be the elite who are fucking jealous that Danhausen has a has a level of fandom that those three fucking stooges will never have. Fuck this whole fuck I was so fucking pissed at this. Then just when you think this shit can't get any worse, just when this abortion can't get any worse. Out comes smart Mark Sterling to cut a promo about Dan Housen got an entrance while Nice didn't. Yeah, because Dan Housen's fucking over and Tony Niece is not. You know what he's known for? Being a goddamn cruiserweight jobber on fucking WWE. Oh, I'm the guy who doesn't have carbs. You know, I don't eat carbs. Oh my God. Throw a cookie at me. I'll go crazy. Like, shut the fuck up. Seriously. Fuck you and your goddamn carbs. anyway, East blasts Dan Housen with another <laughs> knee strike. Certainly says he'll have to beat all the internet favorites. East goes for another strike, but then out comes Hook, who makes the save. Danhausen extends his hand for a handshake. Hook shakes his hand and leaves the ring. Uh, so apparently now, we officially have Hookhausen. We're finally Hook-Housen. in this goddamn fucking tag team. It's gonna be it's gonna be Hookhausen versus Tony Nice and smart Mark Sterling. And just to make matters even crazier, that match is the buy-in. They put this shit on the goddamn pre-show. Which, by the way, hold on. I think somebody else wants to come back in here. Uh, yes, hello, Dan Housen here. Very nice, very evil, very famous, very neat. i like to say this is bu- this is also bullshit. Dan Housen should not be in the buy-in. Dan Housen goes to pay-per-views to make the monies, not to spend monies. I have to pay to wrestle. This is bullshit. Dan Housen fr- tells the Tony Khan, forever be cursed. Yes, all right. Thank you, Dan. As leave now. All right. Now that we both got that out of our system, Zach. Well, What do you have to say about this abortion?
2: Hold on. I hear somebody knocking on the door. Not not knock. Hello, Stitch. I know I have to say about this. Mr. This was a permanent option. Stitch, who let you out of case? I'm sorry, sir. I got to go back in the case. Yeah, get back in the case. I'm sorry about that, that folks. I uh, Stitch got out of his case. I forgot to feed him earlier, but I honestly agree with you, sir. This was absolutely dog shit. As soon as I saw the ending, I was like, uh-oh. I bet Vinny's throwing things right now. Just saying. I was mad. Gator was mad. <laughs> Tyree, fan base, mad,
1: fucking retard. This is the second That's worst watching, moment sir. of the night.
2: A hundred percent agreed, there, sir. Sorry about Stitch, there, Vinny. He got out of his cage. Please keep him under control.
1: We don't need Disney characters on a wrestling
2: show. Absolutely. So, shut up, Stitch. Get back in your cage. All right. So, on that note, we're
1: gonna move away from this natural disaster. We're gonna move on. We have a contract signing between MJF and Wardlow. So, security guards surround Wardlow. A spoof Dark Side of the Ring video <laughs> recaps MJF's dog collar match with CM Punk, Widow, War, no, Wardlow's betrayal, and the feud between the former allies. MJF gets a huge pop from his hometown crowd. He soaks in the cheers and says he loves the crazy sons of bitches in the crowd. MJF discusses their story so far and refers to himself as a young prince. He calls Long Island the most magical place in the world. He turns his attention to the business at hand. If Wardlow beats him at double or nothing, MJF will free him from his contract. He asks the fans to boo Wardlow out of the building, and they practically do. He says, mm-hmm. "He said, I hope you guys don't do that. Let's be gentlemen, but they do it anyway. MJF tells Wardlow that karma is coming his way for what he did to Cody Rhodes. And he says and then he says oh you don't want me to mention 2024 well neither does the guy in the back so and of course they're referencing the fact that in 2024 MJF's contract expires and he says if Vince offers him more money than Tony he will go to WWE anyway uh, he says Wardlow is going to get whipped before their match at double or nothing he's going to hit him with his belt 10 times and uh, Sean Spears emphasizes the 10 uh, from his Ty Dillinger gimmick if Wardlow gets through that he'll have to face Sean Spears in a steel cage match and points out that Wardlow is 0-2 in cage matches. He also says for that match, MJF will be the special guest referee. And if Wardlow wins, he'll get the match at double or nothing. He says if Wardlow loses a double or nothing, he'll never be able to sign with AEW. MJF has the guards take Wardlow's cuffs off so he can sign the contract. Wardlow attacks the security guards while MJF cow- cowers behind Spears. Mr. Mayhem drops Spears and tries to powerbomb MJF, but Mark Sterling stops him. Wardlow then powerbombs Sterling through a table.
2: Oh my god, this right here was so, oh this was so good. I thought this was actually fantastic. This right here was MJF at his finest in Long Island, New York. And Warzone didn't say a fucking word. But remember last week where where MJF said uh, Long Island, New York's a magical place on earth? Vinny, someplace is actually somewhat for. Is it really that magical or no? No. You know what's the most magical place on earth is? What? The Beast Cash Headquarters.
1: Damn right it is. <laughs> this is where all the magic happens, ladies and gentlemen.
2: <laughs> I can't put that Koopa, kaka. But anyways, I thought this right here was actually fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. Boys go, do do that's... I mean, this was MJF actually kind of, like, like really people, because you knew in another crowd, you always assaults the crowd, but this crowd right here it, uh, was uh, uh, even put up to the chiefs, even though you guys are cheap. I love you anyways, but this right here was fantastic. I really thought for a second when Warldrow finally got his hand on Maxwell, he was actually going to bomb him, but he got lucky, but Maxwell got lucky, and then the other guy got power bombed through a table. I was like, all right, yeah. And I have some suspicion that Warldrow might win against uh, Sean Spears at the steel cage as Maxwell as a special guest referee, but we'll see how this goes.
1: Oh, hell yeah. And let me just say, I love this promo, especially that part where he's like, especially if one of the cheap seats. You're poor, but I still love you. Like, that was fucking (laughs) hilarious. (laughs) I love that.
0: That is MJF still being MJF.
1: <laughs> and here's the thing. They love him so much they laughed at that. You know they did. Like, and and it's funny because that's where I, I you can't even be mad at that because when you when you sit in the cheap seats, that's why they call them <laughs> the cheap seats, because you can't afford to sit at the lower level. Like that's literally like when you like like, like for example, anytime we've gone to WrestleMania, that's where yeah, the, the fuck place. we're sitting. Because we get now usually if you go to like you know raw or smackdown you can afford better level tickets cuz they're not crazy expensive but wrestlemania oh my god
2: it's you have oh, to yeah, be rich I, yeah, I, and then um yeah i thought this was great right here i thought it was actually fan taxi cuz usually people boo but he got cheered for the very first time this isn't ever. the first
1: this isn't the first time he got cheered he's yeah. been cheered before in long island Anytime he's been in Long Island, he's gotten cheered every time.
2: Yeah. Because they love it. And him. every time, and after the promo, I had to go pause and go take a fish break, and I was just in my head, I was like, this, this dude right here is fucking amazing. I was like, "Like, why does he not have a title around his waist? Why does not Maxwell have a title around his waist? And you ever, ladies, and gentlemen, boys, are going to do that? Some interviews you will of course, you will she, If you have a heel in the ring, and if you hear him talk, how much he he brings, you just want to go in the ring and smack the shit out of him, and you want to physically beat the crap out of him. And you can't do that because in real life, that dude would probably beat the shit out of you. You got a good fucking heel. <laughs> oh, there are several times I want to smack the shit out of him. I just looked at him I was like, dude, you're fucking amazing. Yeah, that's why he hasn't been sued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah,
1: it's a fucking miracle. It really is. And um, I'm surprised he hasn't got letters. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, there. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I thought this was a good, Fantastic promo, and I think Warjo and GF, when they finally go out, it, it's going to be fantastic. All right, moving on. Well, we
1: can't move on because I'm not done yet. Hopefully you are. Um, So we cut to a uh, spoof of, I got to say this, the Dark Side of the Ring thing I thought oh, was yeah, fucking... That. I thought was fucking brilliant. And the reason I thought it was fucking brilliant was because for a split second, I seriously thought they cut to commercial. And I thought that was about to be a pre... I was like, on the next season, Dark Side of the Ring, I'm like, oh shit, this is season four. Like, I literally thought... I thought that was a commercial. And then it said, the dog collar match. And I'm like, are they really fucking doing this? And it took <laughs> me, it literally took me till I saw like Taz and Jake Roberts before it hit me. This is a fucking parody.
2: Side up, same way with me. I thought, wait a minute. They're doing a dark side of the ring. And I was like, wait a minute. And I started figuring out, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? They're talking about that dog collar match coins it's back and and punk. You motherfucker <laughs> They got both of us. Paul, <laughs> that was a really good promo. Yeah. So, uh, so I believe the same thing. Are you done? Yes. Thank you.
1: So so we, yeah, so I love that because they did the whole dog collar thing and it was great, and then all the whole story and it was so one-sided. And they literally did it like a Dark Side of the Ring. They even had like Barry fucking Horowitz. I thought was brilliant. They had Barry Horowitz show up. I thought was insane. They literally brought legends in just to do a Dark Side of the Ring parody, and they literally did it exactly as if it was a Dark Side of the Ring thing. So I thought that was fucking brilliant. And then the whole thing about how they're gonna give him the same thing, the ten lashes, the steel cage match. That's do the same thing with Wardlow. Although, I would have preferred if they did mm. something different for Wardlow. What's that? I don't know. Just different challenges. Different, you know, ways of doing it. But I guess they want to just copy this for the sake of copying it. So we already know le- next week on imp- on uh, Dynamite, he's going to take the 10 lashes, and we're going to have to see them, which is going to be insane because the last time uh, we saw this, it was fucking brutal. And I don't know if it's going to be the same for Wardlow. Like, when Cody got the 10 lashes, there was Sympathy, it was horrific. Like, Cody looked like hell. For Wardlow, seeing it a second time, I don't think it's going to work a second time. I feel like this is all b- b- BS before we get to the match we want to see. So I would have, pre- I thought stipulations would be like, you know, if you lose you'll never be able to sign with AEW or, you know, it has to be a lumberjack match. I get to choose the lumberjacks. I would have preferred something like that over doing, over copying the labors that Cody went through. Like, come on guys. Sit down. Be creative. Come up with something different. But whatever. As long as we get to the match of double or nothing, it's gonna be fine. But then of course, Mark Sterling goes through the table because he can't get his hands on mjf yet that's the beauty of it is that he has to wait till double or nothing because i noticed this thing nowhere in the stipulation did, did, did mjf say you can't touch me till double or nothing that wasn't mentioned and i felt like it should have been because that was the other stipulation that was added when mjf went up against cody Rhodes. he said you can't touch me until revolution if you touch me, the match is over. That's why when MJF was whipping Cody, Cody couldn't hit him. Like, he would get mad. He'd look right in his face. MJF's daring him to hit him. And Cody's like, I can't hit him. I can't hit him. I can't hit him. I need to get my hands on him. So he finally just yells at him to keep going. And then he turns around, and he's just closing his eyes, waiting, waiting for the next whip to come at him. Like, that's what made that so emotional because you know he can't hit him. They didn't mention that he. So what if he whips him and Warlow just grabs the belt and says, yeah, he ain't going to do this anymore. Like, it's fucking dumb. They, I don't feel like they thought this out or or did that enough. But the actual presentation I thought was great. Having, you know, saying, I can't sign it. I'm in the cups. And MJ's like, fine, take the cups off of him. Only for him to be like, oh, now you beat the shit out of everybody. So I thought it was very genius and well done. On that note, we're going to move on here uh, to the next Segment here, uh, Samoa Joe cuts a promo about how he'll face the Joker in the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. He's been dealing with Joker since he arrived in AEW, thanks to Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh, or as I call him now, Kali 2.0. Uh, Dutt <laughs> makes it clear that the Joker isn't lethal or sin. Uh, Joe vows to win the tournament and subsequently deal with them uh that kind uh,
2: of i don't really care for this but there, there was something that i found rather than assaulting that sanjay Doc called samoa joe fat okay um ladies and gentlemen boys and girls samoa joe is not fat 90 95 of that is muscle so i dare you peep, you fucking mark motherfuckers and Sanjay jay sanjay john why don't you go up and call uh uh samoa joe a fat Fat ass right now. I thought this was stupid. And I thought that right there was kind of insulting to so just call Samoa Joe a fat ass. This could be the wee talking. I don't know. Well, <laughs>
1: Samoa Joe, he wasn't heavy when he was in WWE, but obviously he's put some of the pounds back on since being sent home and released and all that because he was a heavy set Samoan guy. Scott Steiner called him a fat ass throughout most of his time in Impact Wrestling about how Samoa Joe was a fat ass and Scott Steiner hates fat asses. No. So he would he was doing that all the time. Like he said like they had a pay per view called Sacrifice. He told Samoa Joe, your idea of sacrifice is instead of eating ten Twinkies, you only ate five. That's your idea sacrifice. So that's not the first time a fat joke's been thrown at him plus you know, it, it was cheap heat. It doesn't really work, but I'm just intrigued to see who the Joker is that he's going to face. You know, like I said, we got some releases going on here. Could it be Dexter Loomis? Could it be, you know, uh, Harlan? Could it be maybe Killer Cross? Maybe they're finally going to bring him over. I mean, I'm in, the Jokers are the ones I'm the most intrigued by because I want to see who's going to be the latest signee, who's going to come in. Because usually with the Jokers, they make it something big. It's... And, and Tony Khan, even though as, even though he can be a mark at times, he does. When usually when he says something big is going to happen, it usually is something big. It's rarely an anticlimactic situation for the
2: Forbidden Door thing. Never has been, but most likely what you said, it's not going to be on our uh, own. Most likely, I 100 percent believe it'll be Killer Cross. Watch me will be much better. Somebody that we would never believe, but if it's Killer Cross. Once again, Mister Benji, Coast, You will call it again. Yeah. Moving on.
1: Yeah, and these are all total guesses. I have literally no fucking clue who's going to be. But on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening for the FTW Championship. Ricky Starks defends the title against Jungle Boy.
2: Um, this right here was uh actually very very good. There were some spots in it, but I thought it was good. And everybody knows that Ricky Starks was going to retain. Second, third, I thought Jungle Boy was gonna win it, but that wouldn't make sense with him being a double champion. Benny,
1: I'm gonna say the same thing that Gator said to me when he texted me during this match Holy shit, there's wrestling! Like, now with Ricky Starks, you know you're gonna see great wrestling. With Ricky Starks, because Ricky Starks has always been a phenomenal worker. But with Jungle Boy, it's kind of 50 50 with Jungle Boy. There are some days where he's wrestling and he's working, and there's other days where he is a spot monkey. But with Ricky Starks, he was able to keep Jungle Boy grounded and, you know, get him to slow the fuck down, ease up on the pacing, and actually, you know, do very well in this match. I loved it. I thought it was very well done. Both these guys brought the fight to each other in a damn big way. Uh, Especially I love when Starks dropped Jungle Boy with the stun gun. Because I ain't seen that move in forever. Like, last time I saw that was... 96 king of the ring when stone cold did it to jake roberts because uh before he was stone cold obviously he was stunning steve austin in wcw and the stun gun used to be his finisher before he eventually did the stunner when he was stone cold so it was great to see the stun gun move done and then of course sword comes out to the ring and distracts the referee And while the officials track the Jungle Boy rolls up Starks for what would have been a three count, but it didn't happen, Starks capitalized, hit the Rochambeau for the win. But obviously, Swerve was trying to come out to go after uh, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, because obviously him and uh, Keith Lee have beef with them. But in the end, uh, Ricky Starks is able to retain the title. Jurassic Express argues with Strickland after the bout. Keith Lee comes to ringside to back up Strickland. While he stares down Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, Christian Cage... Uh, conference a dishearted jungle boy and Jurassic Express lead
2: uh, Two things, okay. Uh, two things. I thought Lucius Soros was gonna uh, tail whip for Strickland, and another thing, I thought uh, Christian was gonna turn on Jungle Boy.
1: I did too. Like right when his back was turned, and Christian's looking at him, and I'm like, do the unprettier, do the unprettier, do the unprettier. I'm waiting for it. Come on, baby. And he just hugs him, and I'm like, get the. I I was like, ah, the fuck out of here. I didn't care anymore. I was done. I was I was done. I didn't want to see this match in the first fucking place, even though it was good, but that post-match thing was unnecessary because no one benefited from it. Nobody?
2: No one. No. It was pointless. It was good, but it didn't need to be there. Maybe it was just non-title match. That no, but fine for a title. Yeah.
1: No, it just, it just it was unnecessary because all it's leading up to is eventually, I think a double or nothing, they're going to have a triple threat tag match for the belts. That's what I going to happen. No. I mean, I don't know where else you're going to do with this fucking rivalry. Either way, it's for goddamn ridiculous and a waste of time. But at least the actual wrestling was good. Post-match shit I didn't
2: like. I understand agree with you, sure. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. Okay, okay, this is all I have to say. All right, then, sure. Moving on.
1: Yeah. So we cut to the end range segment of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh J.A.S. comes to the ring Uh, Daddy Magic Mike Menard says Being in this great faction makes his nipples hard Uh, Jericho calls himself Mm. a hometown hero Before he says he moved away Because the place is a dump and then he tells this guy in the front row that he will throw a fireball in his face because he's a wizard and says, JAS wins because Eddie Kingston's and Tanner Ortiz are gone. He says, Jericho216 says, I just burnt your face. Jericho tells Kingston that if he can't comfort his wife, he should give the wizard a call. Uh, John Moxley interrupts and comes to ringside. Jericho tells him to get out of here, but Blackpool Combat Club comes down to back him up. Uh, the BCC is outnumbered, but Kingston Santana and Ortiz show up behind JAS and the BCC. Kingston Santana brawl with the Jericho faction. William Real gets in on the action and floors Jericho with a punch.
2: This right here was actually fantastic. Finally, the Jericho Jackass Association got the. Uh underhand and the other people got the upper hand. Finally, the uh, J.S. got the uh, taste of their own mess and what I liked about it was um, Will Regal knocking out Chris Jericho. I was like, the old man still got it. Hell yeah. Tough old Brit,
1: Yeah, if anything, I think this is going to lead to a Regal versus Jericho match, and I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Regal get back in the ring for, uh, for a match against Jericho. Like those two would work. Also, the Wizard line made me laugh my ass off because I know Jericho is trying to trademark the Wizard to make that another one of his nickname. I can throw a fireball in your face because I'm a wizard. And I think it's also the fact that because I've been playing a lot of D and D over the last year, I'm just hearing Jericho call himself a wizard makes sense. <laughs> Like I, feel like, a, I feel like, I feel like a D&D game is about to fucking start every time he says that. Um, And then, of course, the random thing where he's, like, making my nipples hard. It's like, all right, you are now creeping out everybody in this fuck. That did not need... Of course, I don't know why the Blackpool Combat Club is here. Um, If they're going to feud with the JAS, we don't need Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz really to be here for this. I would have preferred just Kingston coming back, just kind of evening up the odds a bit. Because Santana and Ortiz... I don't really need to see them. I'm sorry. Santana Ortiz, this is more of a, like, leading up to Jericho versus Kingston at double or nothing, like a rematch. Um, So, Santana Ortiz, we don't really need them. I'm sorry. We got like, we got a bunch of badasses in a ring. And Santana Ortiz just feel, it feels awkward seeing them in the Blackpool combat. Ugh, I didn't need... That. Anyway, great nonetheless. So we cut to a video package hyping up. Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. AEW women's title match at Dollar enough. I think it's going to be great because both these women know how to work.
2: Yeah, they do. And I'm looking forward to seeing Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa go at it. And my question is, you think uh, no is- Serena Deeb needs to win the title or you think Thunder Rosa needs to retain? I don't know. No, that promo is pretty good.
1: That's a tough one. Um, Thunder Rosa has done okay with the belt.
2: But she really hasn't done anything with it.
1: No, and I don't. There's not. That's the problem with the uh, the women's division is there's not a lot of credible challengers. Serena Deeb's been on a hell of a roll, and a part of me would like to see her win the women's title. Maybe they need to give it to her.
2: I think it's time for yeah, another women's heel champion. But then again, I don't mind if Thunder Rosa keeps the belt for just. <laughs> A bit long. Yeah, a bit long. Maybe a couple more months. Maybe around, I don't know, fall or winter time, because she worked her ass off to get that belt. Moving on.
1: So we move on to the next match of the evening. We got another quarterfinal match in the Owen Hart Foundation tournament, but this time it's the women's tournament. We got Tony Storm, dad ass, Tony Storm versus Jamie Hader.
2: Um, hands out, I actually enjoyed this match here. It was actually really, really good, even though it was women's hater. But Tony Storm, Jamie Hader, it was like. Great. It wasn't really any spot. There was a couple, maybe some psychology in it, but in the end, Tony Storm won. It. And the way Tony Storm won was kind of a botch. Did you see that? No, I didn't see a botch. Uh, I don't know. Something about the finish was weird. Oh, yeah. I she think I saw the, the problem.
1: Yeah, now yeah. I see it. Uh, apparently, <clears throat> she was trying to get the uh, the pile driver, but they both lost their footing. So, yeah, there was a bit of a botch there now. So, yeah,
2: pay attention. Yeah.
1: So, uh, but other than that, the match was great. In fact, even Gator, who hates women's that. wrestling, was telling me he enjoyed the match. So, if you're if you're a woman, you can get Gator to enjoy your match. You did a fucking great job. So, uh, on that note, uh, we, can, we can move on. Tony Storm won in advance was what needed to happen especially assuming that Britt Baker beats whoever the Joker is. keeps the faction together so now we cut to Scorpio Sky who cuts a promo about his TNT Championship match with Frankie Kazarian uh, Sammy Guevara interrupts a Kazarian interview and says he can't trust Sky Kaz brushes him off by saying that he trusts himself and that's all that matters Guevara says SCU later
2: this right here was fantastic. Scorpio Sky was basically t- telling Gar- uh, Carzani, like, yes, I promise you your, your title shot and you will get it. Everything was fine, Danny, until the Spanish fly, fly spot monkey had to show up with his uh bimbo slash girlfriend. It was a good promo until he had to show up.
1: Yeah. So... Overall, great segment. Um, Scorpio Sky had a great promo because they're in a great interview. Uh, he got he dismissed um, Sammy really quickly, reminding him that yeah, your vlog sucks. Nobody likes you. To go be annoying somewhere. Thought oh, that was great. It got Guevara True, out yeah. of the fucking picture. Looking forward to that. Then on that oh, note, God. we cut to the main event of the evening. Another mm. map another quarterfinal match in the Owen Hart Men's Foundation Tournament. Darby Allen with Sting versus versus the king of trampoline wrestling, Jeff Hardy with Matt Hardy.
2: Okay, uh, uh, this right here, and I love Jeff Hardy. It was just too much of a spot fest. They, they, they had to do this. All right, I'm like, why couldn't it just be a normal match between Darby Allin and Jeff Hardy? Just a normal match. But no, they had to do this and put the bodies on the line. It, it, on a regular TV show, this match should have been on the pay review, which you probably would disagree with me. But I was like, no, why? like no, once again, I'm going to start shitty finish, you fucking assholes. So, Betty probably has a lot to say here, people, so may God have mercy on your soul. Vinny, go ahead, the floor is yours, it is your show. I won't say a word. Fucking miracle.
1: All right, here's my, my issue here. This match... Was fucking stupid. Now, if you're into this kind of bullshit wrestling, then this was a wet dream for a lot of you guys. For me, it was drier than the fucking desert. I, like I said, I knew going in this match was going to suck. I knew they were going to do dumb shit like, uh, Emo Knievel doing a swanton bomb off a ladder onto Jeff Hardy. Laying on six chairs. Because that makes sense. This is literally about, okay, we're basically doing stunt shit. might as well have had Johnny Knoxville as the guest fucking referee. Because I felt like I was watching an episode of Jackass. Because that's all the fuck this was. Two Jackasses doing the Jackass stunts. And the fact that JR said this is one of the greatest main events in the history of Dynamite tells me the fans are right when they say he's old and out of touch. Because you've got to be old and out of touch to think that is one of the best main events. Because in reality, it was one of the worst, if not the worst main event in Dynamite history. As I said, there were only two aspects of this show that made me fucking angry. Dan Housen getting squashed and this circus shit, this clusterfuck, this abortion of a match. And in the end, Jeff Hardy wins with a crucifix pin. And even JR had to point out, oh, this crazy match was won with a wrestling move. The one wrestling move actually done in this fucking act. In this little, like, trapeze, high wire acrobatics. This was fucking useless. And then, of course, the Undisputed Elite stares down the Hardys after the bout. They're still trying to tease, oh, we're going to see the Bucks versus the Hardys. Like, we didn't see that a hundred times on the indie circuit. Yeah, it's not, not fucking special. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody should give a fuck. This is a waste of everybody's time. But basically, in the next round, it's going to be Jeff Hardy versus Adam Cole. I don't even want to fucking know how that match is going to go. This is an absolute waste of goddamn time. Everybody in this match wasted our valuable time. And Zach said this earlier, and I'm going to tell him no. I would not put this on pay-per-view. I'm glad this match was on TV. I hope we never see it again. Because I would not want to waste my money on this type of bullshit. It kills the wrestlers for no reason. And it shits on my business. I fucking hate it. Every second of it. There wasn't a moment of this match where I went, wow, that was great. I barely paid attention to it because I did not care. Thank you, Dynamite, for wasting my time with this main event. If I wasn't an analyst, I wouldn't have even watched it. I would have just shut the TV off and went, oh, time for bed.
0: (laughs) That's what would happen.
1: But because I'm an analyst... I am required to watch the shitty. That's the downside of having a podcast and being a wrestling analyst. You can't just watch the good stuff. You have to watch the shitty, okay? Can't just, you, know, you can't just eat the fruit. You have to also have the vegetables. And that whole, no dessert till you finish your meal. Well, I had to finish my meal. And that's what the fuck this shit was. Broccoli at the end of the plate. <laughs> Zach, anything to add before we wrap this shit up?
2: Um, no, I honestly agree with you. This should not have been the main event. Like I said, it should have just been a normal match. No ladders, chairs, or anything. I mean, for real, it wasn't for a title or anything like that. I was like, okay, you guys really suck, and you pissed off any. Great, anyways, that's all I have to say. And I know you wanted
1: this to be a normal match, but the problem is these two can't have a normal match because without the fancy tricks and weapons, they got nothing to bring to the table, and they know that. That, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this episode of AEW Dynamite. Uh, Zach, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Look forward to talking to you on the next one.
2: Absolutely, positively, absolutely, I'll be here.
1: All right, so uh, make sure you guys follow the Boots Cast. We are on Anchor.
2: Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Breaker. Breaker.
1: Google Podcast.
2: Google Podcast.
1: And iHeartRadio. And
2: iHeartRadio.
1: Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to slash the boogecast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Of course, we have our episode of The Male Soap Opera Moment with me and the Wens where we gave our predictions for WrestleMania Backlash. Make sure you go check that out. See uh, who had the right predictions who was right who was wrong and uh You'll even get a bonus video where you can hear about my experience as Vincenzo the Butler at GCW back in April. Also, uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TheBoochCast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Check out our YouTube channel with all of our video content as we can find all the video content that we have. And, of course, um, make sure you hit that subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when new content will be posted. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash so we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, July the 30th for WWE SummerSlam. It'll be done in one of two ways. It'll either be one by myself and Buff Bagwell while we're at StarCast in Nashville, Tennessee. Or the team might do one here in Georgia if we're not able to do it in Nashville. Either way, we'll have a show live at 8 p.m. on July the 30th. So make sure you're joining us on Twitch. Follow us now to be notified when we go live. Also, we got a D&D show coming out later this year, and of course, our Boochcast booking battle between myself and Elvis Linsky, where we use the MyGM mode of w 2K22 to create our own separate rosters, our own separate shows, air the matches on Twitch, and find out who is the better Booker man. Also, make sure you guys support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. There are three different levels you can donate at. One level is for 99 cents per month. Uh, this is a level for people who want to help out the show but don't have a lot of money to spend. Uh, last thing we'd ever ask you guys to do is break the bank, sacrifice a payment, or feel pressured or guilt-tripped into donating to the show. Uh, if all you can do is listen to the show and spread the link to everyone you know, you're still doing us a great service, and we appreciate it. But if you still like to put a little skin in the game, the 99 cents level is for you. It's only 99 cents. You're not going to miss it, but it helps us out a great deal. It's every little bit. Donated to the show allows it to continue to thrive. Also, if you want if you ask some extra money to spend, you can go to the second level, which is for four ninety nine per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We get better content than Peacock anyway. And we have the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere nine ninety-nine. Same amount of money we used to pay for W Network subscription here in the United States. Everything sold to the Peacock, you got away. to put that nine ninety nine. Stay at nine ninety nine. Bring it over here. We got better content in the network, and unlike the WWE, we actually care about our fans. Are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with G and the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use it to upgrade our equipment. We use it to bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host who believes they're to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest of the money to feed this guy ramen noodles and... Try as we might. It's a never-ending struggle. But one way or another, come hell or high water, we will get inlaid. And until next time, this is been Ibuchi, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then,
0: pizza, baby. <laughs>
1: Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. Adieu. Adieu. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu. Volvia.
0: Alaproche and goodbye till when we meet again.